Welcome to the Everyman Global Livestream. I'm Jeremy, your host for this global gathering of men. Now, why an exclusive global livestream? Well, because we are in a unique global moment that can hijack our faith or take it to a new and more powerful level. So for the next several weeks, we are shifting our normal programming and looking to God's word, the Bible, for clear direction on how every man can connect with God's unplanned plan for our lives in the midst of COVID-19. Now, after all the feedback from last week, we know that God is moving powerfully in men's lives in a way that no other event could have. So we're excited that you are here. Now, as we've been tracking what people are saying about this time, crazy is a word you're hearing a lot right now, especially on social media, as people strive just to make sense of the upside down circumstances that they find themselves in. Now, every major aspect of life for all of us, it seems, has been canceled. Concerts, sports, church, work, visiting friends, even grabbing a beer with my friends, it's all canceled. That is so crazy. And yet, there's a weird, almost surreal thing happening in the midst of this crazy. People are coming together in new ways. People are helping each other in new ways. People are serving each other in new ways. And people are sensing that some other thing is happening. Whatever it is, it's kind of refreshing. Priorities are being reevaluated. And in that process, God is holding up a mirror for us as it relates to our relationship with Him and others He has placed in our lives. Now, in today's global live stream, men's expert and pastor, Kenny Luck, is going to reveal what many of us feel and show how God's unplanned plan for us transcends a virus and is bringing all of us a new vision for how we do relationships going forward. What does he know that sometimes we forget? Well, God knows that if a man is not doing relationships right, he's not doing his life right. Do you know anybody who wants uh, better relationships with those they love? I'm sure you do. So take a second and share this live stream and do it right now because everyone in your life needs God's perspective. Now let's join men's expert and pastor, Kenny Luck, live from the Everyman Studios in Southern California for this exclusive global men's live stream, The Corona Chronicles, God's unplanned plan for our lives. Good morning, men. Welcome to the men's national live stream. Listen, we have prepared notes for you. Just find that downlink uh, button right on the page that you're looking at right on your screen. I am so excited to be with you this morning. I've been praying for every one of you. Did you know that you're joining a community of over 6,000 men and growing? And all of us have a few things in common. Uh, we're all not living the same way that we were living just two short weeks ago. We're not working the same way. Uh, many of the men that are joining us right now for the Men's National Livestream, uh, they are on lockdown. Uh, many of you are self-quarantined. And all of us are in the midst of what I would safely call a new normal, right? We have a virus we can't control, creating consequences we can't control, uh, putting us in places we can't control, and uh, creating this, this situation where there's a future that we can't control. Those are the facts. But as we talked about last time on the Men's National Livestream, uh, faith in God doesn't ignore the facts. We just talked about some of those. Faith in God just doesn't ignore God. And that's the game changer in all of this. And that's why we've disrupted our normal programming and we're doing this because God is on the move. And as men of faith in Christ, uh, we have some other things in common that are connected to our relationship with God. And we talked about this last week. Because of God's presence in this circumstance and in us, this circumstance, it possesses our body it doesn't possess our heart, it doesn't possess our soul, it doesn't possess our mind, uh, our strength, or our energy, all right? This circumstance, it impacts the temporal or the temporary, but not the eternal. God is moving in incredible ways in the midst of this adversity, just like he was moving in the midst of the adversity that we call the gospel. Jesus hanging on a cross didn't make sense, but was God at work? Absolutely 100%. And so God is accomplishing his unplanned plan 
for our lives. And we're gonna drill down on something that every one of us needs to dial in when it comes to that unplanned plan. And so we're gonna read about that right now from God's word. If you have a Bible, turn to Philippians chapter one, verse 27, if you've downloaded the notes, take a look at the top of your notes. Remember that the word from God that we're looking at comes from a man in quarantine, inspired by God and illuminated by God in a crazy situation, and he's seeing and experiencing uh, God's plan in the midst of a circumstance he can't control. And I wanna read about that in Philippians chapter one, verse 27. Listen closely. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit striving together as one for faith in the gospel. So do you see the connection of a couple of things? The man from quarantine is in a circumstance he can't control. And he says to people that he loves and that he knows and that he's trying to encourage in faith. He's saying, whatever happens, striving together as one for the faith. Those are the two linkage. He's in this circumstances, and then he sees something happening. He sees that this circumstance is bringing people together. And I think that um, you can kind of sense and feel that as one of the silver lining type dynamics that's, that's going on. And that is God, all right? So if you have your notes, what is God's unplanned plan? for this circumstance we can't control and this virus that we can't control and a future we can't control? Well, write this down. There's space for it on your notes. God's unplanned plan is that he's using this craziness to create new togetherness. Craziness is creating new togetherness. I mean, challenging moments are powerful for relationships, for better or for worse, right? And I see what's happening as for better. I mean, it's changing the relationships that husbands have with their wives. It's changing the relationships dads have with their kids. It's changing my relationship with my in-laws. I see them every day. We do a little food exchange, right? They're in that high-risk category and they're quarantined and we're serving one another. And my mother-in-law is, is, is cooking dinners for us. She's dropping them off. I'm dropping off groceries. We're seeing each other and connecting together. Maybe you, you're experiencing some of that right now as well, right? Real connections. And so God is using this craziness to bring about a new togetherness. And that's what the Bible says was happening in this crazy circumstance, and it, it's coming forward through time. God's word is eternal, and it's speaking right into what God's unplanned plan is for you and I. Right now, whatever happens, we're striving together as one. And that's why I'm so encouraged that I'm seeing God's unplanned plan come about just by you being here. Just by the 6,000 guys that are waking up and getting their coffee and coming here. We're coming together before this, I don't know that we would be together. But whatever happens, we're striving together as one. So if that is what God is up to, then the question is, well, what's my part? In, in partnering with God and fostering and accelerating and working with God to create this new togetherness. That's what we're gonna talk about for the rest of the time. And we're just gonna continue the conversation in the Bible that the man in quarantine is, happening with, is ha having with people, and then we're just gonna apply it to ourselves. So God's word, which is eternal, uh, spoke then, it's speaking now, and will continue to speak forever. And here's the first thing that we have to start and keep doing if we're gonna work with God to create this new togetherness. Write this down. I must start, or I must keep turning to Christ. So we move from Philippians 1.27 right into the next part of the conversation where Paul is going to build the case for how do we 
in the midst of what's happening, strive together as one. And in Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, he says this, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion. It's a, it's a predicate. It's a conditional phrase that's in the context of a crazy circumstance, God using the craziness to create togetherness, and then he's going to tell them exactly how to do it. And he starts off by saying, you know what? If you want to keep this togetherness plan that God has for you in all your relationships, you have to keep turning to Christ or start turning to Christ. He says, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ. You see, togetherness involves what I call reciprocity. Um, you have to have something to give in order to create that togetherness with someone. And Paul's saying, you know what? God's using this circumstance to get us striving together as one, but you gotta have a source, right? Quality relationships reflect the quality of your heart and character. So what's feeding your heart and, and character so that we can have quality relationships? Well, Paul says, you know what? To do that, you need to be united with Christ. Why? It says right there in the passage. Because when you're united with Christ, you get encouragement from being united with Christ and turning to Christ. You get comfort from being united to Christ and turning to Christ. You get love from being united with Christ and turning to that relationship. You receive a witness of spirit, you and God, and he pours into you from being united with Christ. You get tenderness from being united with Christ. You get compassion from being united with Christ. And doesn't that make sense? That, that being united with Christ and, and turning to Christ fills you with the very things from him that we need to give away to foster this new togetherness that God is creating out of this craziness. So that's step one. I must start turning to Christ if I haven't been. If you have been, keep turning to Christ because that's where you draw on the very things from him. Encouragement, comfort, love, a witness of the Spirit, tenderness, compassion, that God's calling us now in this new normal to give away. So that's number one. Number two, I must start or keep defending against division. Division is the enemy of togetherness. So if in this craziness, God's creating a new togetherness, the enemy is division. So we start by turning to Christ, and when we turn to Christ, there's a connective link between us turning to Christ and us defending against division. So if we take that first, that first concept and first statement, it's connected uh, by a second statement. So Paul says, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, look at the next phrase. Then, so we have if, then, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. You know what ensures defeat in relationships? Division. Division ensures defeat in relationships. And that's what Paul is saying. He's like, hey, keep turning to Christ. Start turning to Christ. Start receiving from him. And then guess what? The purpose of that is to bring a unity and togetherness uh, because you are united with Christ. Now, in this circumstance, I think you can see that a lot of the trivial division, a lot of peripheral division, that the challenge of the circumstance is overriding those things and we're coming together against a common enemy. And that is part of God's unplanned plan. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit love unity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit uh, love togetherness. And that is part of God's unplanned plan. He's causing the challenge of this circumstance to kind of get the small stuff out of the way so we can focus on the big stuff. And in life and with God, it's relationship with him and relationship uh, with others. 
And, and just on a practical level, you know, uh, if you want to defend against division, you have to communicate. You have to be talking with God. You have to be turning to Christ. All right. And as you turn to Christ, he's, he's going to communicate with you. And what he communicates and gives to you, you communicate and give to the people in your lives. And you communicate in real time. Why do you communicate in real time? It, it's to have that same page kind of dynamic. You know, I mean, even when you're socially distanced and standing in line at the grocery store, all right, or whether you're at home and you're stuck at home, or whether you're with your kids, we have to be turning to one another and sharing what's inside and talking with one another and, and going through this uh, together. Why? Because that's God's unplanned plan for what's going on. Remember, whatever happens, striving together as one. So we got to keep turning to Christ. We have to keep defending against division. And then number three, in the conversation, uh, we, have to, we have to do this, write this down. I must start seeing and serving others, or I must keep ser- seeing and serving others. It kind of dominoes uh, in the conversation. Paul is encouraging uh, believers, and he's saying, hey, keep turning to Christ. Keep defending against division. And then the, the logical consequence of that, if I'm turning to Christ and, and I'm together with you, is that I'm going to see you and I'm going to serve you. Look at what he says in Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, all right, there's the pivot point, in humility value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Did you catch that? In the midst of this craziness, God's creating a new togetherness. People are turning to Christ. People are defending against division. And when those two things are in place, now they're free to start singing and serving other people. That's what God is doing. Now, let me ask you a question. In the midst of this circumstance, aren't you seeing people a little bit differently? Isn't the challenge overriding sort of your self-absorption? That's God. God's got, got guys together with their wives. He's got, and, and they're serving their, their wives and their families and their neighbors and their in-laws and their children. And guess what? That's something that God is building in right now so that when this thing passes, guys, this is going to leave as fast as it came. But after this circumstance, we're going to be different. And now we're going to have a new set of glasses. We're going to have God's set of glasses. And just like Jesus, we're going to see and serve others. You know, Jesus said that the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. You see, those are God's glasses. And God is using this circumstance to help us get into that same moment. Real practical, fellas, there, there's a phrase that needs to be coming out of all of our mouths, those of us who believe in Jesus Christ. And it's these words, what do you need? That's my challenge for you today, and that's God's challenge. Because a man who is turning to Christ, and a man who realizes that God's in control, and a man who realizes that there's an unplanned plan in this, and it's to get me in faith serving others, that's the question he asks. So guys, are you asking your wives today, what do you need? All right, are you asking your children, what do you need? Modeling that servant spirit of Christ. Are you asking your neighbor, hey, do you need anything? Can I get you anything? Um, Whoever it is that God's bringing into your life, ask them when you start the conversation and when you leave the conversation. Because guess what? There's a lot of needs out there that men of faith are custom designed by God to enter into. So that's the next thing is that we need to start or keep seeing and serving others. right? Now the conversation goes on in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. And the headline for the next step is, I must start or keep allowing Jesus to control my thinking. Right? It's one thing to, to turn to Christ. It's another thing to defend against division. It's, a, it's another thing I start seeing and serving others. But you know how that is sustained? By a mindset. Listen to what Paul says in uh, the midst of his quarantine as they're in the midst of this situation. He says, in your relationships with one another, right? That's the context. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature, God, did not consider equality 
with God, something to be used, listen, to his own advantage, okay? So there's an encouragement to sustain this togetherness, this striving together as one, but you gotta have, you gotta get your mind right. You gotta get your mind right. You gotta think differently. You can't, you can't think like a man who is in this with no purpose. You gotta think about this situation as a man who has faith in God, who has a ton of purpose, and who wants to work with me in my thinking. And the encouragement is, have the same mindset as Jesus, and then it describes what that mindset is. And the mindset is, no matter what I feel I'm entitled to, or no matter what my position entitles me to, I'm not gonna use what I feel entitled to or what my position entitles me to, right, to my own advantage. You know, I think a classic example, you know, of this is, you know, just watching kind of the grocery stores at the beginning. You know, out here on the West Coast, there's there's a there's a place called Costco and you know, it's people crazy, it's just fighting over what's going on. Well, hey, I got here first and people felt entitled. You know, that's not what a man of faith does. A man of faith who's turning to Christ and defending against division and seeing and serving others, he has the same mindset as Christ. And what's that mindset? I'm not looking out uh, for my own interests. I'm looking to the interests of others. You know, a mindset, let's define it. It's an established set of attitudes, right? And an attitude is a way of thinking that is reflected in behavior. What did we see Christ reflecting when he entered our craziness? He didn't use his position to flex on other people or to get his own needs met. And so we have to start allowing that Jesus, the living God, to control our thinking. And when that's happening, we start not working out of position, we start working out of service, right? Look at what it says in a parallel passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. It says, for who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? And then listen, but we understand these things for we have the mind of Christ. Are you kidding me? We, people of faith, people who believe in Jesus, that we have the mind of Christ, the strongest, most valuable perspective ever possible? We can have that? Yes, we can have it right now in the midst. And that is what God wants to give every single one of us through the power of his spirit, working with your faith. And when you have the strongest and most valuable perspective, you know what that gives you? Peace. When I have the right perspective in a situation that's challenging, man, that gives me confidence and that gives me peace, right? And you know what happens when you're at peace? Your relationships work a lot better than when you are at peace than when you are feeling anxious inside. And so we have to start and keep allowing Jesus to control our thinking. Let's look at the next aspect of how to do our part in working with God to create this new togetherness. Uh, it's right there on your notes. I must start and or keep growing and changing. Wouldn't you agree that, that this situation uh, is not gonna leave us the way it found us, for better or for worse? Either we're gonna get get bitter or we're gonna get better, all right? Either we're gonna grow in healthy ways or we're not. And that's why we're, 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 we're breaking the normal programming and doing this is because God does not want you to leave this circumstance without growing uh, and changing. Look at what Paul does in the conversation as, again, the headline is, whatever happens, we're striving together as one. Look at what he says. Therefore, my dear friends, it's right here on your notes, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Did you catch that? The headline is, God's using this craziness to create a new togetherness, right? And better togetherness comes from working out in your relationships what God has worked in. Did you know that God is at work in you? Paul said it 
earlier in Philippians chapter 1. He who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it until the very day of Christ Jesus. God is using the the COVID-19 pandemic to create a new you. Yeah, there's the facts, there's what's going on. But in the larger context, he's using this craziness to create a new togetherness. To have new togetherness, uh, he needs a new you. To have better relationships, he needs a new you. You need new heart, new character, new perspective, new mindset. Why? Look at the last phrase, to fulfill his good purpose, right? So we need to work out what God is working in in this circumstance. What's God working in? We're going to turn to Christ more. We're going to defend against division more. We're going to see and serve others more. Jesus is going to get more of my thinking, which impacts my living. And people are going to see me growing and changing as a result of being in this circumstance. You know, the Apostle Paul uh, repeated this theme of circumstances changing us and for us continuing to grow and change. Uh, In Colossians chapter two, he says this, it's right there on your notes. He says, so then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord. In other words, you become a Christian and to become a Christian, you need to receive the person and work of Christ. But is that where it stops? I become a Christian and then stop? No. Then Paul moves on and he says, just as you've received Christ Jesus, Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. You know, receiving Christ is just the start of a process of growing and changing, getting rooted in him, being built up in him getting our faith to new levels and to a new, newer, stronger place where it starts to overflow. And I love that picture of overflowing that as I'm growing and changing on the inside, what's happening on the inside overflows to my outsides. And it, for lack of a better term, it kind of leaks on people, right? That's what God wants to do in the middle of this. He wants to grow and change you. And here's the question, how is God using this? Are you open to it? Are you asking God, use this in my life to grow and change me so that after this is over, it's gonna overflow out of this episode of history for the rest of my life, all right? So let's continue the conversation. I must start and keep turning to Christ. I must start and keep defending against division. I must start or keep seeing and serving other people. I need to allow Jesus to control my thinking I'm growing, I'm changing. Why? Because God wants to create this new togetherness out of this craziness. Next, in Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 and 16, it tells us the next part that we can play in growing this, this, this unity amongst each other. I must start and keep holding firmly to God's word. If you want to participate, and God's plan in the midst of this, which is getting closer to the people in your life and this new togetherness. You gotta hold firmly to God's word. Look at the contrast that Paul sets up in the next part of the conversation. He says, do everything without grumbling or arguing. All right, that's a lofty goal. Then he says, so that you may become blameless and pure, children without fault in a warped and crooked generation Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. So Paul is in the midst of this craziness. The headline is, hey, whatever happens, we're going to strive together. Here's some things that we're going to do. And one of the things that we can't do in the middle of this is we can't grumble or complain or argue, how are you gonna do that? Well, he says here, hold firmly to the word of life. You know, I know that all the guys listening, they understand uh, the concept of the anchor, right? So an anchor holds someone in place. And in your life, uh, you can turn to things that may appear as anchors, like money or wealth, or status or position, or the things that you have or the title on your business card, that can be your inner anchor. When a circumstance like this blows through, 
It shows you how light or useless those kinds of anchors are. But when the Bible speaks about an anchor, it talks about God's word being an anchor. So if I want to cooperate with God's plan, not grumble, not argue, not complain, so that I can come together in my relationships, I got to have an anchor. And the Apostle Paul says, I got to hold firmly to the word of life, right? What's that? That's the Bible. That's God's word. These are God's thoughts. This is God's playbook. I got to run my life out of this. I have to hold firmly to it, all right? Versus what? Let go, right? You know, when a boat is sinking, right? There is a, a rush to find one thing, right? Life preserver, right? Life preserver. And you, you look for it, you find it, you put it on, you zip it on, you snap it on, you get it on. Why? Because it's gonna save your life. You know what's gonna save your life, literally save your relationships? This right here. This is God's life preserver. And some of you, I'm talking to you right now through the camera. You've been holding loosely onto God's word. You have a Bible, but you don't read it very often, right? You have it, you believe that it's God's word, but you're so distracted and diverted. This circumstance, God wants to create a new togetherness with the people in your life and you, but you need to turn to him. You need to defend against division, see and serve others. Allow Jesus to control your thinking. Begin that process of growing and changing. But you gotta hold more firmly onto this. Don't let this go. It's always gotta be in you and on you and on your mind and on your lips. If, there's the big if, we're gonna cooperate together for God's purpose. You see, uh, the contrast that's mentioned there is we're either holding firmly to the word of life and that's shaping our thinking and living or we're grumbling and complaining and fueling division versus togetherness. As Paul is just saying from quarantine, hey, this circumstance is custom designed to get you in God's word. So what's your relationship with God's word right now? What's it gonna be like after? Right? God wants you to be a man of his word. The Bible says that your servant the psalmist says, your servant, there's the identity, so it's a person who knows God, will meditate on your decrees. What does meditate mean? It means to think deeply and continuously. This is oxygen for your life in God and your life with people, and that's the message that God wants to get across as he's fostering this new togetherness in the craziness. You know, Jesus said in John chapter six, he said, he says, the spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. These words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. Isn't that what we need? We need words full of spirit and life to feed and change our insides. And then we grow and change. And then we can just go right back through these steps that we're talking about. Then we'll have the mind of Christ. Then we'll defend against division. Right? Then we'll see and serve other people, but it has a source. Paul says in this, this circumstance, God through Paul says, you got to hold firmly to the word of life. And then lastly for this morning, I must start or keep taking joy in what pleases God. In the midst of this, right, this circumstance, because it doesn't possess your heart, mind, and soul, it may possess your body, but it doesn't possess those other things. Right? That means that your joy is safe. What's your level of joy today? Right? This circumstance can rob you of all joy. What's happening at work or the economy can rob you of all joy. But you know what God's calling us to in the midst of this? Because he's bigger and over this circumstance, is we've got to keep taking joy in what pleases God. Uh, to finish this, this next conversation uh, in the middle of the craziness, Paul says, but even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I'm glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Now there's two phrases in there that we need to connect. And the first phrase is even if, right? And then he talks about his circumstance. What's the circumstance? He's in quarantine. Uh, they're separated. There's, there's physical separation. There's emotional separation. All right? But there's not 
spiritual separation. So Paul says, even if this is happening to me, he goes, I'm glad and rejoice with all of you, right? Joy is not a circumstance. Joy is, is what's happening on the inside. And all of these things that we've been talking about, how God just wants to get your joy level up. You know, we experience real joy, not when everything's going great. True supernatural joy is experienced when things aren't going so great. That's because it's supernatural, right? God is in control. And so we looked at several things that tell us exactly how to participate with what God is up to in the midst of this circumstance. What's he doing? He's using this craziness to create a new togetherness in every dimension of every relationship that you have. So that when we leave this, because it's gonna go as fast as it comes, we're gonna look back on it, but then we're gonna be different, all right? And now our relationships are gonna be different. So here's a little question, a little scale that's on the notes uh, that goes to doing your part to build togetherness, all right? And it's a zero to 10, and on the zero side, it's, I'm not doing my part, all right? I'm not turning uh, to Christ. I'm not defending against division. I'm not seeing and serving others. I'm not allowing Jesus to control my thinking. I'm not growing and changing through this. I'm not holding firmly to what, what God says, all right? That's like a zero. You're not doing any of those things. And you know what? You need to start some of those things. My guess is that, is that most of us are not a zero or we're not a 10, which means that you're fully doing your part, you're fully doing all these things uh, perfectly, because that's not possible. So if you circled zero or 10, you can't do that. Most of us are like between a one and a nine, and the goal, guys, is to look at what God has just said through his word about what he wants to do in this circumstance and how we can play a part in what he's doing and move the needle this way, right? If you're at a one, a two, or a three, hey, let's get it to a four and a five where you're doing some things, but you got work to do. And I think that's really all of us, right? If you're doing really good, keep doing what you're doing. What's so great about God is that there are no bench players in his plan. All of us are invited to get playing time right now. And so when the coach calls, what are you gonna do? Stay on the bench? No, we're gonna do our part, right? And to kind of round out our time together for this men's national live stream, I want us to look at John 13, 34. These are the words of Jesus. And he's talking about how because of his love, he's gonna change the way you relate to people. And he's gonna create a new togetherness with others in your life because of his presence. In your life, every day, and especially in the middle of these circumstances, he says this in John 13, 34, he says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And here's the headline. Just like God is using this craziness to create a new togetherness, that's what Jesus did. Jesus entered our craziness and our brokenness in this world to bring togetherness with God. Isn't that encouraging? That the heart of the gospel, God coming to earth, and this craziness and brokenness and injustice to bring a new togetherness and make a way for a new togetherness. So this is why this is so important. What's happening right now and what you're living in right now is exactly the gospel. God wants to share the gospel with all of us again, fresh, because Jesus entered our craziness to bring togetherness with God. Write that down. Remember that. His love in this moment, right? And so as we close, Jesus wants to put this craziness to work, just like he left heaven and, and got to work here so that God's purposes could be accomplished in two specific ways. Number one, he wants to initiate and accelerate your personal connection to Christ, right? It's God's plan for this moment in history, not to leave you the same way it found you. And many men, there are some of you listening right now that the foundation of your life is not your faith. But you know what God is doing? 
God is saying, that foundation doesn't help you in this circumstance, but a foundation in me does help you. And, and that's been lovingly exposed, shall we say. And God is asking you now going forward to put your faith first. That's why the first point was the first point. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ and then it all flows from there. So guys, let's, let's covenant together, all of us, in the name of Jesus, that we're gonna put our faith first and on all levels and in all areas going forward, that our lives will be Christ-centered, that we'll consider him, that we'll turn to him uh, first. So that's what God is doing, number one, in the middle of all this. He wants to initiate and accelerate your closeness to God. And then number two, this, this craziness is bringing a new togetherness with people. And doesn't that reflect the great commandment? I said, hey, how do we participate in this eternal thing, Jesus? What are the, boil it down for me. And he says, you know what? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Those two purposes are what God is doing in the midst of what is going on. I just want you to think right now, faces will come to mind of the people God has placed in your life. And God is saying to all of us men right now, you're gonna love them better. You're gonna be together with them better. That's what I'm doing. And I want you to, to listen to me in the midst of this so that when you leave this circumstance, you're new. You're not living the same way that you used to live. And so there's the word for today, is that God wants to bring new togetherness with people in all areas of your life out of this craziness. Why? Because that's the gospel. Jesus entering our craziness to bring us together with God. So right now, where you are, I wanna put your pencil down, put your notes down, and I wanna pray with you, and I wanna pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are over this episode in history, just like you're over the earth and you're over everything that you make. And God, right now, we just want to thank you for the good news of life in your son, that you chose to enter our brokenness and our craziness, to bring togetherness with you, to make a way. And God, thank you for that. Today, we receive afresh the sending of your son. We receive afresh the work of your son, which brought peace into the middle of chaos and craziness and sin and brokenness and injustice. And God, thank you that you are working that same process out in us and through us right now. That your purposes in this moment in history around the world are to bring us back to who you are at the core, to relationship and to striving together as one for faith. And so I pray for every man listening, God, I don't know his circumstance, but Lord, I know that there are men who need to just say yes. Say yes right now to Jesus. And if that's you and you're listening, just say, Jesus, today is my day. Today I'm saying yes to you. I'm saying yes to relationship with you. I'm saying yes to being new. I'm saying yes to your forgiveness. I'm saying yes to your direction. I'm saying yes to loving others the way you love me. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. And that's a prayer for all of us. Whether you just prayed that prayer with me or whether you've been walking to Jesus for, with Jesus for decades. Make us new, God. Change us, grow us from the inside out so that we can experience all of your plan right now and come out of this season, new men, shining the light of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. And God's men said, Amen. So if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want you to apply it today. And you can apply it today by just looking at your life and bringing some of these steps into action. And make sure that you share this live stream with a friend, all right? Just click the share button, all right? Let them know that this is going on. Let's go from 6,000 to 10,000 next week. Why? Because God is raising up men of faith, spirit-empowered men who are gonna shine the light of Christ. And we'll see you next Thursday morning. We had some very 
notable members of the fire department step up and say, I was suicidal. Another guy said, I was struggling with post-traumatic stress. And all of a sudden we started talking about it. By not talking, we were killing ourselves. But by simply talking, which for a guy is so hard to, to open up and just really share what's on your heart and your mind because you think you're the only one struggling with it. And, and in reality, we had, well, all of us were struggling with it. When I was a firefighter, I thought I had this down. Um, I never thought I had any problems with anxiety or depression or PTSD. I used to, I used to kind of make fun of those people. Somebody said to me, and it really hit me hard. He said, "So you guys think you can go out and be in someone's worst day of their life eight times, nine times a day, and come home from that and just be normal?" Kid calls really good to us. Those types of calls where you go into a house and it's gonna be changed forever from that day forward. You see the parents and their eyes looking at you, thinking you're the one that's gonna save their child. And um, you know in your heart that there's nothing you can do to change the, the outcome. And um, those are the kind of calls that stick with you. And for a lot of people, they never really get out of your head. I think a lot of us, especially firefighters and police officers, don't really like to talk, we think it got this. And I think we need to do a little bit different things differently now. The way it hit me was, I was just living my life, enjoying my life, enjoying retirement. I went to bed, I was half asleep. My wife came in and rustled around a little bit and I woke up like in a half asleep state and it hit me like a light switch and I went into complete panic. I was completely anxious which had never been in my life. I was completely scared. I had to run. There was nowhere to go. And I thought I would just, it was a bad dream or something. But I had no control over it. As the days went on, I wanted to stay in the house by myself. I was fearful. I was scared to go to sleep each night. I knew the nights were gonna be terrible. Um, I watched my family walk around me. I felt like a zombie. This feeling lasted a good six months. Uh, and during that time, I, um, Learned a lot about myself, learned a lot about the job that I just was in for 35 years, and learned a lot about there's a lot of people out there like me that are suffering with the same type of issues. If you can find a small group, if you can find a church, if you can find a friend, if you can find a neighbor, um, anybody, just talk to anybody and you'd be amazed at the support you would get. I told every single person that I knew and I found out the more people that I told, um, the more advice I would get, and the quicker I was able to get to recovery. Through time and medicine and therapy and talking to these other people, I conquered my fears little bits at a time. It gave me a sense of purpose of why that I go through this, and now I know why is to help people in the same condition. My faith is so much stronger now going through something like I went through. I wake up each day, and I'm just so blessed to be here. And without that faith, and without those people in my life with faith, um, this would have been 10 times harder. I'll say it over and over again, you can't do this by yourself. I remember one um, particular situation. I got a call of a baby drowning in a pool. 
And I remember we got there and we pulled the kid out of the pool and we started doing CPR because that's what we're trained to do. And I remember he threw up in my mouth and I remember opening his eyes and I could see that his pupils were fixed and dilated. But I thought, oh, you know what? He threw up, that's a good thing. He started breathing and the firemen did a great job and they took him off and um, he didn't make it and he died. And I never, I never told anybody about that. You know, one of the biggest mistakes that I made in my personal and my professional life was being isolated. You don't want to be perceived as weak. You don't want to be perceived as you can't handle the situation because that's what you were taught. From being in the Marines before I was in police work and being in police work, they said, hey, you handle the situation and you move on. In 2000, my son Philip was born. And at five months of age, Philip started having seizures. I said, doctor, I gotta know, is it really bad? And he said, yes it is. Your son's not gonna walk, he's not gonna talk, he's gonna have seizures, and he probably won't live till about two, if you're lucky. So you might as well just take him home and enjoy him. During that time, I said, you know what? I'm just gonna have a couple of drinks. And yeah, that'll help relax me. And that became a pattern. And then it became a problem. And I saw how that problem actually infected my marriage. And over the years, my wife would say, this is no good. And I said, don't worry, I got it. I can handle it. It's no good to hold those things in. Being connected to guys who have faith and who really care about you saved my life. It really turned things around. Those strongholds that I had that were anger and the alcohol, a lot of that is gone. And I don't have to turn to those things. But I turn to these guys when I'm having a struggle. And from that, my faith has grown so much. Being in police work, at times you tend to get hardened and abrasive because of the things that you see. And I know from going through that with my son, it changes you. My son, Philip, is my hero. Nothing is too tough in my day when I look at what he goes through. And even though he doesn't talk, he doesn't walk, he has seizures, he's fed through a G-tube. One of the greatest gifts that he has, that God has given him, is his smile and his laugh. Having faith gives you that peace that really does surpass all understanding. Whether you're a police officer, a firefighter, a first responder, I can tell you this, that you're in that position because God put you there. When I was a sergeant, I was able to use those experiences that I had with my son to help other people. And you have that opportunity every day to make a difference, but God doesn't want you to do it by yourself. Being connected is one of the best things ever. Don't feel like you can't reach out. 